This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley, and this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in New Mexico discussing star-crossed lovers whose romance ended in a Shakespearean-like tragedy. Then, we'll talk about a case regarding a drifter that became known as the Witch Hunter. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the land of enchantment. It's a tale as old as time. Boy meets girl. Wrong side of the tracks. Yada, yada, yada. We've all heard the stories. They fall in love regardless of their friends and family's objections. Passions burn hot and can't be extinguished by reason. It's beautiful until it isn't. When marriages fail, divorce can oftentimes get very ugly. Sometimes it gets deadly. These once-loving unions of two people turn into hatefulness, greed, revenge, and betrayal. Divorce. This seven-letter word can lead to the most ordinary people to commit murder. So my story takes place in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And it's the story of Pad and Kim Guffey. Pad? Pad. It's like Padrick, P-A-D-R-I-A-C. Interesting. Yeah. And it's Kim, it's like K-E-M. It's very weird. Hmm. Not weird, but different. Yeah. So, Pad Guffey is a good-looking guy who comes from money. He's a smooth operator, but he's a good guy. Everybody says that, like, he's a good guy. He's not, like, your typical white-privileged asshole. He's, he's really a nice guy. So, he's kind of from the south side of town, which I guess is more affluent. Hmm. And Kim is from north side of town, which is more like your blue collar. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like you're from a kind of small town. Like you know the... It's too small to have sides. <laughs> you don't have it's just Sweet. There's no sides. So one it's universe. Just, it's like it's one, one city block. Yeah. Yeah. No, we don't have that. But you had like a rival school. Did yeah. you? Yeah. 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 So they're like rivals. Okay. Like the north okay. side Got and it. the south side. So anyways. So he sees Kim, and she's pretty popular in the north side of town. And he's like, I gotta have that girl. Like, she's beautiful. Nah, nah, nah. He's completely mesmerized by her. So they actually run into each other at a house party, and she's there with another dude. So she sees him, he sees her, they slip off. What grade are they in? They're like high school. Okay. Like high schoolers. So, anyways, so they disappear together, fill in the blanks, like a fight breaks out between the two schools because, the, mm. yeah, it's very, where are you from, Mountain Home? Cotter. It's very Cotter-like. In my, in my <laughs> sure. mind, it's, sure. it's very Cotter-like. So, anyways. Sure, sure, sure. After that, they became pretty serious, and five years later, they're still together. So, at this point, they are out of high school and she is working at like a computer sales company and she's making like almost a hundred thousand dollars in the late eighties. Oh wow. Right out of high school as a single woman. That's a lot. That's that would a be a shitload of money. 
Wow. So she's doing pretty good for herself. I'd say. Pad goes to college. She does not. She just, she's climbing the corporate ladder. Sure. You know, sisters are doing it for themselves the whole nine. Mm -hmm. So anyways, so he proposes to her and they get married. This has been five years. Mm -hmm. Put Put a damn ring on it. So they get married and their families are like oil and water. Because his oh. family is very wealthy, and hers is, like, blue-collar. Like, her dad worked for the electric company. So, they're not poor. They're not, like, yeah. trash. But they're not, like, millionaires. And his family was closer to that. Okay. So, his family did wells, like, water wells. And this is New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So, you need water, Right. And they did, like, agricultural, commercial, geothermal. Like, they were big into it. Very old money. They were well off. They were well. (laughs) They were well off. And his dad was like, I think she's opportunistic. Like, first of all, this girl has came from nothing. She doesn't have a college education. And she's making. She's making 100 grand a year. Like, she's a brand new car. Like, she's. She don't need your damn son. Anyways, so, bunch of dicks. Anyways, <laughs> so, it just makes it hard when your yeah. families aren't. That would be really hard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if your families aren't, like, for it, it no. just brings in a whole bunch I of I mean, bullshit. after five years, come on. That's, yeah, that's yeah. good. Clearly, I'm not just. So, anyways. So, Pat joins a family company. He's working for his dad. Go figure. But then his dad dies in, like, a terrible accident on the job. Oh. And you know what happened? No. Ooh. That's got to be bad. I mean, I don't, I don't know. So he dies, and Pad takes over the company. He's an only child. Okay. Which makes it even... Mm, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So he takes over the company, and she quits her job and joins him. Mm-hmm. Kind of start having some issues, like they start fighting because they're working together a lot. Probably, I mean, could you work with Sam all the time? No, no. offense, Sam. No, but I mean, like, I know couples that yeah, do, like my own space. Yeah, but like you're working together, you're going home together. That like, seems you're too doing, much. That's a it's, lot. No, yeah, that seems messy. It seems like get out of my leave me, <laughs> give me five damn minutes. Yeah. Like, so, anyways, but they didn't fight over that. Like, they fought once because. She traded her engagement ring in and got a bigger one. And it, like, hurt his feelings because he was like, <laughs> get it, girl. Is that not what I gave you wasn't enough? Okay. So it kind of pissed him off, and they fought about that. But That's she, it. That is kind of weird. She didn't consult him about, no. I'm getting rid Okay. I mean. She's just like, I don't want this cornflake. I want a whole fucking ruffle on my finger. I probably would have at least said something. Like, hey, I want hey, something different. I want a different ring. Yeah. I wouldn't have just done it. Well, she just did it, and it pissed him off. Yeah, I mean, that would kind of ruffle my feathers. So, in 2000, they have a son they named Cody. And Pat is not a super hands-on dad. But, like, he loves his kid, and he loves his wife. But he's just not very, like, he's not helping in doing mm-hmm. the stuff that he yeah. Necessarily should have been doing, which causes more problems, yeah. which babies can do that, kind of cause couples. Yeah, for to, sure. 
So they buy a brand new house in a gated community, and that was another fight. When they moved in, she gets there to meet the movers, and he's not there. And so she calls him, and she's like, where are you? And he's like, oh, I'm playing golf. She's like, are you kidding me? Like, you had one job. But typical men like this, no offense, Pad, but or Pad's family, but... You you don't get a pass because you provide for your family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you still have to do the dirty work. Yeah. So, they fought about that. So, there were just, mm-hmm. sounds like typical marital problems. Yeah. Other than trading your ring in for beer. Pat starts going to strip clubs. Not a good look. He loved them and went to them often. Says that's where he did business with the farmers. That he, like, sold the well stuff to mm-hmm. and did all the wells with. That's his, he's like, that's where men talk business and a lot of deals are made over drinks. And, like, we just go into strip clubs. I'm like, you don't need tits in your face to cut a deal. I'm just saying. Maybe that's just me. That's very Mad Men-esque. Very Mad Men-esque. So, anyways, marriage is on the rocks at this point. So, in the meantime, she... Kim decides to start a new business as an interior designer, and one of her clients' name is George. So her and George are spending a lot of time together, and nobody knows if anything ever happened between them, but there were definitely rumors circulating through town that it just wasn't a good look for her either. Okay. Like, he's at strip clubs, but nobody's saying shit about him. No, of but, course not. Right. But she's going to, you know, she's hanging out with this dude, and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, she must be sleeping with him. Yeah. Anyway, standards. double, total double standards. Her 36th birthday comes, and Pad throws her this big party at this, like, bar, like a local bar in town, like, rents it. Mm-hmm. George shows up. The guy that she's missing all the time with. Right. Which pisses Pat off. Because he's like, why are you here? I'm already suspicious of you and my wife. And then you show up at birth. I didn't invite you. Hmm. And so Kim's like, I invited him. So they go to the bar. And George orders her a drink. Like he knows what she drinks. <laughs> oh. It's just like a pissing match at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's just kind of... Rubbing it in her husband's face. But you win stupid prizes when you play stupid games. I'm just saying. Like, it's okay for you. And I kind of feel like maybe that's kind of what she was doing. I don't don't know that anything ever happened between her and him. But I feel like. There's no evidence that it did. No. But I feel like maybe she felt like if you want to try to go to strip clubs and look at naked chicks all the time, then I'm going to give you something to be jealous about. Yeah. Not that. Anyways. So, not saying it's right or wrong. So, anyways, Pad's pissed. He threatens to kick the dude's ass. Uh, the bouncer throws Pad out of his own party. <gasps> yes. I feel like this is just an episode of The Real Housewives. It sounds like it, but it's the <laughs> truth. So, the bouncer throws Pad out. Out of his own Out of his party. own party. Because he's like, you're starting trouble. Ooh, so he was... The yes, he was. Well, I mean, I guess well, he bought yeah. the drink. But it was his wife. So, yeah. So, he was like, yeah, you're not yeah, going to yeah. come in here and disrespect me. So, they, he throws him out. So, Pad leaves and goes home. Kim stays. She does not follow her husband home. Ooh. 
she stays at the party. She's which probably annoyed. She's, it's her birthday. Yeah, it's her birthday. She You've been running all party. over town with tits in your face. Yeah. So, finally Kim gets home and she's pissed. Because she's like, you made a scene. You ruined my birthday. Because you want to throw a jealous fit. Mm-hmm. When you have been out stuffing dollars and G-strings with all the boys. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm, I know it sounds like I'm defending her, but I'm just saying what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yeah. So he tells her to cool it around town with George and she says, I will. How about you cool it with a strip Exactly. Clubs? So that's what she comes back with him. You stop going to strip clubs. I won't hang out with this George guy anymore. So he's like, deal. They start anew. Hmm. They're, they're, they're really trying. They've been together for a long time at this point. At this point, yes. Okay. So, he keeps his promise to her about the strip clubs. Until one night, he comes home late, 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 like 3 a.m. And she's up, pissed, because she's at home with a kid. And she's like, where have you been? And he's like, oh, I was out with clients, da, da, da. And she's like, no, bullshit. And so, he finally just confesses and says he was with another woman. And he had cheated on her. He confesses this? He just, like, in wow. a mad rage, is like, you want to know where I was? I was somebody else. Yikes. Which makes it go like an atom bomb. Yeah. He's like, you haven't touched me. You haven't had sex with me. Blah, blah, blah. And in a nutshell, she's like, I don't respect you. Because you hang out at these trashy places and you stay out drinking. Why would I want to sleep with my husband that's disrespecting me like that? Another fight they got into was on the 4th of July. He told all of his friends to come over. They were having a party. Doesn't tell Kim. And she's like, you better call and cancel it. Because we're not having a party. So they get into a fight. She hits him with a clothes hanger. A clothes hanger? Joan Crawford beat the shit out of her kids and Mommy Dearest. You ever seen oh. that movie with the no wire hangers? You never seen that? No. Oh, dear God. All the gay people we hang out with and you've never seen no, that. No, I haven't. <laughs> okay. She meets her kid with a wire hanger. Well, see, being. Oh, what's she doing? She's whacking him with she's it. She's whacking It's a wire hanger. Not just a clothes hanger. I mean, I'm not a. It doesn't say. Like mine are like velvet covered hangers. No, I, does, I mean, does it, it left damage. marks and oh, welts oh, on him. Okay, never mind. So anyway, I don't think my hangers could do that. So Kim and Pad now are keeping, they're just keeping their distance at home. Like Yeesh. it's it's about to go nuclear. Like they're just keeping their distance. I mean. In the meantime, Kim starts talking to a kid's dad. A kid's dad. One of her kids. Okay. Or, you know, they have the little boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the kids on his bowling team, his dad. Okay. So it's not bowl- George, though. It's bowling ball daddy. Bowling ball daddy. Not George. Not George. Oh, okay. So she's talking to bowling ball daddy. And it's flirtatious. Mm-hmm. He's divorced. He's single. Da, 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 da. He gets, Pad gets her phone, sees these texts. It's done. He sees the text messages. He tells her, I want a divorce. She says, fine. But you're not leaving me with nothing. Like, I quit my job. He cheated on her first. And she's, it, to be Switzerland, he did cheat on her and told her that. Yeah. There's no proof that she cheated on him. Was she flirty with George 
everyone says so. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. There's Were no there inappropriate yeah. text messages between her and Bowling Ball Daddy? Yes. She shouldn't have been doing that. However, there was no P and a V mm-hmm. like him. Yeah. Anyways. So she says, you know, you're not going to leave me and no. with nothing. He was pissed that he was going to have to give her half. Because that's his family's stuff. Which I get that on his part. Yeah. So this MF goes all over town to all the attorneys that are worth a shit. You're getting a lot of cuss words out of those because I'm passionate, apparently. And pays all these attorneys $5,000 to retain them so (gasps) she can't hire them. Oh my God. Totally blacklist her. So now she can't hire a decent attorney. I've never... Yeah. Yes. Ugh. Moving on. His mom comes to town to visit. So she's playing good wife. Kids there. Blah, blah, blah. Where's Pad? Playing golf. So they're fighting again because she's like, why, am, why are you not here with your mother? Why am I here with your mother? You invited her to come. And you're getting a divorce. And he, well, and, whatever. Yeah. So anyways. A few days later, there is a terrible accident. I have no idea where this is going. So, first responders and police are called to their home, and Pad tells them he has fallen on a branch, and it has punctured through two ribs and has pierced his heart. Whoa, wait. He has fallen on a branch? A tree branch. That's what he tells the first responders and police. He's making a 911 call. No. Kim calls them. Oh, okay. And he tells them when they get there that he has fallen and impaled himself in the yard on a branch, comes inside, and is like, you got to call 911. So she calls 911. Uh-huh. It has pierced, it's went through two ribs, pierced his heart. He dies pretty quickly once he's at the hospital. Yeah. The death is reported as accidental. There was really a tree. So cops interview her, and she says he was gone when she woke up that morning. She gets up, takes their little boy to school, comes home. She's working out. They had texts back and forth. She didn't know he was home whenever he came into the kitchen. She was making a smoothie. He said, She says he comes in the back door, and he has blood all over him. She didn't think he was hurt that bad. She calls, you know, 911. She's fully cooperative. Um, she did tell them that she cleaned up the kitchen where he was because their little boy, she didn't want, she didn't want him to see blood and everything. So when they got home from the hospital, she Mm -hmm. cleaned it all up. So they look around in the yard. They don't see a branch Mm -hmm. down. They don't see anything going on. They ask if he could have been stabbed with something else. His mother's like, there was a letter opener on the counter the other day by the mail And so they're like, where is it? She's like, I don't know. So they couldn't find. Anyways, so they doubt the wife instantly. So he wasn't the one that said it was a tree. She was. She said he said it. She said he told it. And then when 911 and first responders got there, then he says, yes, I fell onto a a branch in the yard and Uh it basically impaled me. So he, Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. his own words, said Mm -hmm. that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they doubt the wife. 
They just question everybody. His employee says that they saw him at work around 10 a.m. And he was on the phone with her, like, yelling. So they interview her again, and she says they had texts, but then she did get a call from him, and they got into a fight over a rumor he had heard, and he told her he was going to kill himself, or he was going to hurt himself. So they, again, are asking blah, blah, blah. 911 operator comes forward and says, I think you need to listen to this 911 call. Did you know that 911 starts recording as soon as the phone rings? One ring, 911 starts recording the whole entire conversation. So before they even pick up, I they're recording. So they hear they hear what's going on in the background while that. the phone is ringing. So the 911 call, you hear Kim saying, it's in the car. It's in the car. Please don't send me to the cops. Please don't send me to the cops. Please, please promise me. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Baby, I'm so sorry. And then they answer. And she starts with that. My husband's hurt. He's been impaled by something. He fell onto it. Blah, blah, blah. So they play the tape for Kim. Because it just solidifies that well, yeah. she's lying. So, what had happened was that day, he was suspicious that George was at the house, or somebody was at the house. So, they get into a fight over the phone. Mm -hmm. He comes home. She's in the kitchen making a smoothie. They're arguing. She grabs the letter opener and stabs him. Just like a quick stab. In the heart? Just one stab? Fatal? That's... She just... In a heated, fitted, yeah, rage uh-huh. argument. You're cheating on me. No, you're the one that cheated. And she's like, I'm, you know, grabs it and just mm-hmm. step, you're like, and she stabs him. So it wasn't premeditated. It wasn't premeditated. She hid the letter opener in the glove box of the car. So that's what she was saying on the night. It's in the car. Because I guess he was saying, yeah. where would you do with it? And she's like, it's in the car. It's in the car. Please don't send me to jail. Please tell him it was an accident. Please tell him you fell on, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he does. He covers for her. That's Probably not thinking he was going to die. But, yeah, yeah he covers for her and says, like, I Ooh. did this. I fell. So, anyways. So, he was killed on May 31st. Ooh. He was 42 years old. So the next year, January of 2019, she is indicted and arrested for involuntary manslaughter and tampering with evidence. She pleads guilty. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Two years in prison and one year of probation. That's it? That's it. Yeah. And I think she only did 14 months. 14 months? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So... That's my story of Kim and Pad, the terrible, tragic that, Romeo and Juliet S. I didn't expect this Los outcome. Crucis, New Mexico. No. Yikes! It's well, at that point, it's like Betty Broderick and the the lady yeah. with the Mercedes that runs over her husband a million times. I feel like you push and you push and you push and you push the money. I'm not saying do not. I mean, don't misinterpret that I'm saying that anybody has a past to murder. You do not have the right to take somebody else's life. No, 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 no. However, you can't point fingers also and be like, that woman is a crazy psycho when you 
it's like a dog. You can only mess with a dog yeah. for so long before it bites you. It's terrible. It's terrible for Pat's family. It's terrible for their son. Yeah, that's how I really feel that bad. That hundred percent. Like it's you know where he. Well, I guess she was only gone for. <laughs> I was about to say where did he go, but back with his mom, I guess. But I guess we can only hope she wasn't a bad mother. Well, and neither anything, nothing that I've read, and I I read a couple articles online, and then there was a show on ID about it. I think it maybe it was a 2020 oh, okay. or something. Yeah. Um, and nothing I read or saw ever said anything about either one of them being a bad parent. Yeah. It's just, they were they toxic They just were toxic together. together. Yeah. It's just oh, like oil man. and water. Yeah. Is so. this a Deadly Women episode? I don't know. I haven't seen it on Deadly Women. No, this is like a, it was just like a Dateline or a 2020 yeah. or something. That's interesting. So. I'll have to check that out. I didn't know where that was going. I really didn't. Moving on, I guess we can just jump right into mine. So my case begins on Christmas Day of 2014. Christmas mm-hmm. Day. It's wild because when I was looking up cases for our holiday special, this case didn't come up. But Isn't it funny how you find them afterwards? I found so many Halloween, like my California case. Like I found that after, and I'm like, damn it. I keep finding holiday-themed ones. I need to write it down. You need to start. I have them in my notes in the phone. That's a good idea. So Elizabeth and Robert Haggerty decided to go hiking with their dogs in the Western Mesa area, just a few miles outside of the town of Taos, New Mexico. Didn't you just get back from there? Yes. I specifically picked a case based on where I went. I loved it there. It was awesome. Was it? It was so, like, here, sorry, quick sidebar. Here it's so humid where you walk outside and you're drenched in sweat immediately. There it can be 90 degrees and you're not sweating. It makes zero sense. It's hard to, because, you know, like, in Arkansas, when you go in the shade, you're still sweating. It doesn't change. And And you go in the house, you're still sweating in Arkansas. Yeah, it's bizarre. And... Like, at night, we made fires because it got down in the 60s. It's so strange. I love the... Yeah. I feel like my sinuses would blow off my face. It wasn't? like No. Because no? mm-hmm. there's no, like... There's no humidity. And there's anything. no, like, no. dander and... Not really. Pollens no. And- no. I mean, we did a little hiking, but I didn't go on... The, the hiking Samuel went on, he saw snow. A lot of snow. Insane. Isn't that just bizarre? And what is that sheltered i'm not hiking anywhere it's in northern new mexico so it's closer to colorado colorado (laughs) it's rad but yeah it was beautiful i loved it there and now i get why it's called the land of enchantment because it's beautiful it really is yeah i felt like i don't know i liked it i'll be back so anyway so elizabeth and robert were walking their dogs outside of taos It was Christmas Day, so there was snow everywhere, but it was still sunny and pretty. As they were walking along, their dogs noticed a hole and started digging in it, which is exactly what Charlie would do. It's a bone. So they saw there was a bone, and upon closer look, they believed that it was a human femur bone. And that's a, a whole femur. Yeah, that's, that's a big bone. That's a big one. That's one that that's I feel like if you bone. saw that, you know it's that's a human. It's not one that can easily be. I don't know. I don't know. If it's hard to know if I saw a bone in the wild, if I would know it was a human or not. I, I don't know. 
but there was also a burnt bra nearby. So they called the cops. So she told them basically it looked like someone was buried there. And she had a sick feeling about everything. So, yeah. The cops arrived. They escorted them to the site in the Two Peaks area. Two Peaks? Yes. Okay. Two Peaks. Yes. So it's somewhat off the grid. There aren't roads or addresses. There's no cell service. Perfect place to bury a femur and burn a I had a lot of trouble finding cell service, period, when I was in town. I really did. So there are people living in school buses out here. Homes built out of recycled materials. Like, they're called earth ships. Like, they're trying to live off the grid, yes, or they're just, yes, like, yes. poor? No, they're trying to live off the grid. In a bus? Well, there are regular trailers out there as well. So, they're, it's a mix of trailers, buses. Some homes are huge, built out of tires and mud. Like, it's hard to explain. I'll and have, you saw all these when you were there? I did not go out to this specific area. She was like, no, bitch, I was at the Four Seasons. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was a nice Airbnb that was, okay, quick sidebar again. It was a, a, a Adobe that was over 200 years old, and I tried to use my little EMF reader. Didn't get anything. No spooky vibes. Nobody wants you. Nobody Lacey. wants me. Not even the ghost. So there's a website called TausMesa.us that talks about this area. They call themselves a self-sustained community. That reduces its impact on the environment by controlling its waste and carbon footprint. Oh, okay. So that's why they're living like homeless people. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people out there for that reason. But I do think there are some people that just kind of can't necessarily afford to live. And they're out there. And it's like uh, hip it's, right now to be eco-friendly. Yeah. And- so on December 28th, they began excavation of the burial site. And there were five deputies present, and there was a sniper watching over the area. A sniper? So, yeah. Based on what I saw, this wasn't a very police-friendly environment. It's oh. very... So, it's surrounded by mountains and stuff, but it's a like flat area. So, if a cop right goes in... They're living off the grid, right? They don't want cops coming. So, they're like, kind of... They're not... Martial law, yeah, their it's, own area. Exactly. It's not really... They're not necessarily dangerous, but it's not a patrolled area, if that makes sense. It sounds like they don't trust outsiders. Right. Yeah, that's true for most of them. Yeah. So the cops are kind of worried about that area. They're afraid they're going to get shot or something. So that's why they had the sniper. And then they had land surveyors and medical investigators. So they still weren't sure when this crime occurred. But as soon as they dug up the shoes and saw them, they knew it was a recent crime. Mm Mm-hmm. An autopsy of the remains revealed that this was an adult female that had been deceased for approximately six months or more. So the CT scan of the skull revealed that this woman had been shot in the forehead and the bullet was still in her skull, in the back of her skull. So they believe they are now investigating a homicide. It's unlikely she would have buried her. Yeah. So, she can't shoot herself and bury herself. Come on. Yeah, yeah. This is Scooby-Doo 101. Scooby-Doo. So they learned this was a woman of African-American descent, and she was approximately 5'4", which did not really narrow things down a lot. But So they started scouring missing persons reports of African-American women, 5'4", pretty much. So they ended up finding someone that may be the same person, so they contacted the parents of this missing woman. 
because she had been in a car crash in her youth, she had a CT scan. These people, the missing Mm -hmm. girl, taken in the past. So they have this present CT scan, and this missing girl, they line it up. It matches exactly. It's almost like tell. a double-edged sword. It's yeah. like your kid's missing and you want to find them, but then it's like, I don't... I, well, she's 33. They could still tell, which is kind of interesting. As She was younger when she had this wreck and got a scan, but yeah, it matched up. And this woman was Roxanne Houston. So 33-year-old Roxanne, who went by Roxy, had moved to Taos. So cute. I, I like that. the name Roxy, too. Yeah. She moved to Taos just a year before her disappearance from Colorado Springs. Shit. She moved to the Mesa area of Taos, which is kind of like a compound with her boyfriend, Vernon. That was my grandfather's name. Was it really? Mm-hmm. I've never known of Vernon. But. You don't hear a lot of Vernon. Yeah, you don't. You don't. You don't want to meet like a two year old named Vernon. What's your little boy's name? He's so cute. It's Vernon. <laughs> the fuck? What? <laughs> Vernon the third. It's Vernon the. Vernon Clark. Michelson the third. Oh my gosh. So she was with Vernon, but soon after she moved to this compound area, she became romantic with one of her neighbors named Johnny. Which resulted Johnny sounds hotter <laughs> than Vernon. I I haven't seen a picture of Johnny, so I can't I don't know. So okay. So Vernon and Johnny got in a fight. It was a blowout. Vernon left the area and became living on the streets of Taos. Kind of as homeless by choice situation. He's nomadic now. Right. But Roxanne moves in with Johnny in his trailer. He So Vernon left the area. I say that, but he was actually voted out of this compound. So this Mesa area, it's it's basically like a big compound. These people are living off the grid, but they're still their own community. Sounds very Jonestowny. It does sound a little bizarre, but they 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 can vote someone out. So they voted him out because he had stolen stuff from other people. Vernon was stealing things. He was kind of getting into trouble. Yeah. So they're like, "Ah, eh, let's get this yeah, guy is not going to stay." So he's lost his home, his community, and yeah. his girl. So he's on the streets of Taos. Roxanne is moving in with Johnny. In his trailer. So at this point, Roxanne's been missing for six months. And of course, the police want to question Johnny because that's her most current sure. boyfriend. And he was the one that reported her missing in the summer. So I watched an episode of Murder in the Heartland based on this case. Season one, episode five, if anyone wants to check it out. It's a good one. It's not one that has a lot of the cheesy stuff. It has Roxanne's friend named Sunshine. Cute. Mm -hmm. So she's someone that lives in this area, and she describes the Mesa as having different units, and they each operate differently. It's it's very interesting. So this is like a pyramid scheme of no. It's it's a community pyramid. It's a it's off the beaten path. They live in units. They each operate a little differently. So what do you mean, like, this unit is... I say unit, but it's basically an area of land. Okay, so it's like so, like a county. Like, this county. So since it's 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 off the grid, it's not like a town town. So they're in the off-beaten off path of Taos. They consider some area of land this unit, some the other unit. So Roxanne and Sunshine were in Unit 1. Okay. That's what they call it. Okay. 
And she said they were like a family. She described the unit as forgotten people, those on the fringes of society. She jokingly said they're a community of hermits. She said Roxanne always had a smile on her face and she helped her out when she needed her. Another friend of hers is named Stan and he's in the Mesa too. He said Roxanne was a wonderful person and for a while she was his caregiver. He was an older man Mm -hmm. and he said she helped out with more than she even needed to help out with. Nice. Yeah, it was really... We love Roxy. Yeah, it was really an interesting community. Yeah. I didn't n- quite know about this when I went there. This, But I had I went to the uh, an area right next to this, but I only started no researching it. Well, there were, but not necessarily this community. Well, when the police questioned Johnny, he told them that the day she went missing... They had an argument about her ex, Vernon. So so he and her argued and then she disappeared. Exactly. Okay. So on that same day, Sunshine saw Roxanne walking with a backpack on and told her that she was afraid to stay with Johnny and she was heading back to Colorado Springs with Vernon. She was going to meet him. They were going to hitchhike back to Colorado Springs. So it sounds like Johnny had a reason to be pissed at her. She was, she still had feelings for Vernon, so she was checking in on him, making sure he was okay. I don't, I don't know that Sounds she was like cheating. Sounds like a friends with benefits situation. Yeah, I don't know that they were together, but she still had, yeah, it was just kind of complicated. So, but Johnny just assumed, okay, she let, broke up with me when right, she left, left because she, you know, Stick, whatever. bandana. Yeah. Thumb in the air. Exactly. So Johnny was, of course, a possible suspect along with Roxanne's ex, Vernon, since they both lived on this property. I say that loosely. But the police also learned that another man named Ivan lived on this property for a while in a tent. He was pretty much camping there. So why was he suspicious? So Johnny told police Ivan had a gun and had asked him to participate in target practice before, but Johnny said he wasn't into guns and he did not have his own. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. So he's a suspect automatically because Johnny said, oh, this dude over here that lives in a tent has a gun? Not off the get-go. He's not a suspect necessarily. He just, I guess a point of interest is a better term for it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to explain because it's not actually their property, Right. So Johnny has a trailer for a while. Vernon lived on the property in a separate area. He leaves, and then this guy named Ivan comes back. He pitches a tent out in their front yard or whatever, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, I don't because it's like I don't have guns or anything." But this guy named Ivan, who's really big into guns, well, and she was shot, so yeah. So okay. so okay. so it's just kind of like, eh, they're probing him, asking about people in her life life and he just kind of brought it up so he wasn't necessarily they mentioned his name and he was you know so johnny claimed he wasn't into guns at all he didn't have his own gun so police were like okay they didn't really have any leads so they're like okay we're gonna reach out to ivan talk to him see what he's up to he had moved but he was still in the taos area they found him took him back into the station for questioning And I watched this interview. He's an interesting dude. (laughs) He told police he didn't have anything to do with Roxanne's disappearance. And that he ended up leaving because she and Johnny were fighting so much. Like they were too loud. 
He's like, fuck he this, wanted a break. He's like, I got to get out of here. He denied owning a firearm. He said he's never owned a firearm. So he didn't have an alibi for that day, but he didn't have a motive or anything either. So they didn't know they were, they didn't think they were romantically involved. No one had ever said that. So there was no motive. He was just like some guy that lived on their property that yeah, loved guns. Yeah. But he claimed he didn't. This is the victim of circumstance. Right. So they couldn't find Vernon, the ex, and they assumed he was running from the law because they couldn't find him. So they start looking for him and they find him in Colorado Springs. And he was in jail there. He got in trouble for trespassing. So he's got an alibi. Right. So he claims. Oh, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny did it. Well, he claims he and Roxanne were supposed to meet the day she went missing. And because she, she never they showed. had plans to hitchhike. She never showed up. So he just was like, she didn't show up, mm-hmm. whatever. Well, they believed him. And they believed, it showed his interview on the show I watched. They believed he didn't know she was dead until they told him. He gets upset. Which, of course, I mean, if someone is a, a good sociopath, they could. But they believed he was guilty. Mm-hmm. He had an alibi. He was in prison, or not in prison, he was in jail. He was in jail. So they were surprised to hear that, you know, Vernon had an alibi. They didn't think he was guilty, but he told them he did not think Johnny was guilty either. They weren't friends. In fact, they were enemies. They didn't like each other, but he says he does not believe Johnny could have killed Roxanne. Right. He loved her. He wouldn't have done that. He's not the type of guy to kill somebody. And so they asked him about Ivan, and he said he didn't really know him very well, but he was strange, and that he had a handgun. They're obsessed with this dude having a gun. Well, so Ivan claims he never had a gun, but now we have two people saying he did have a gun. To enemies, nonetheless. So police questioned other people in the Mesa community. Others said, yeah, Ivan had a gun. And in fact, one of the people they interviewed said they purchased a handgun from him recently and they gave it to police for examination. So they do all their testing. Ballistics could not conclude without a doubt that it was the same gun used to kill Roxanne, but they also could not conclude that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. They just couldn't confirm. Mm -hmm. They called Ivan in again for questioning and he says, well, he's talking to them denying everything, and right before he leaves, he says, oh, yeah, before I go, one time Johnny and I were looking for firewood in July, and I found a partially burned bra, and I picked it up and made a comment, someone must not want their bra, and then I tossed it. The police never disclosed this burnt bra to the public at all, ever. Yeah. Oh, Ivan. Ivan did it. So then he goes on to tell them that he found a bone near the bra. Yeah, he says he thought it was an animal bone, so he picks it up. He looks at it, examines it, then throws it back on the ground. He's trying to cover himself because he's going to have his fingerprints on it. Yep, so police were like, okay, why is he going out of his way to talk about two things like this? And they're thinking... Two specific things. He's trying to say this, if you find my fingerprints, this this is is why. why. Yeah. So then he goes on the run and he's missing. So Ivan had a history of domestic violence. And at one point, his wife and children were so afraid of him, they fled to West Virginia. 
So someone tipped police off and said Ivan was at a homeless shelter in Santa Fe going by a different name. Not that far away. He had totally changed his looks. His mugshot, he was bald and he looked younger. When they found him, he had gray hair and a gray mustache. Ew. Right. So he was arrested for the murder of Roxanne Houston. Well, it gets interesting because while he was being held before trial, he did a lot of sketching in his cell. So he had a lot of dark sketches, which when you're not awaiting trial for a possible homicide, that's not that big of a deal. But he would title and sign these drawings with Witch Hunter. Some of these sketches look like the area where Roxanne's body was found. And he would have a man wearing a hat pointing to the area with a gun. He's like the Zodiac. He's like giving hints. It's bizarre. There are a lot of photos, and I'll try to link those up. But there was one drawing that said of hit, of this witch hunter standing by a fire. And it said, the end is near. If you're like of the world or... No one really knows. But he had so many drawings and they had pictures of these just... A witch hunter. It was a guy on horseback pointing a gun. Yeah, it was... They weren't great drawings. Just going to throw that out there. I'm sorry. But Roxanne was Wiccan. Very misunderstood religion. So the police started to wonder, did Ivan kill Roxanne because he thought she was a witch? So back in the Salem witch trial days, it was common for these poor women to have their hands cut off. Had you heard about those stories? Because you know, that's I did what hear they're... a story about one time this witch grabbed a hand, this supposed witch grabbed a hand full of gunpowder and put it in her mouth. <gasps> so whenever they lit her on fire, she would explode out into the people. Good for her. She's pretty badass. Yeah. Anyways, continue. So no, he but, chops her hands well, off. Well, so her hands were cut off and they didn't really study either. So when they found her body, her hands had been cut off. Which is kind of bizarre. That would suck. So she was burned and her hands were cut off, which is very, very common witchy. for the very back witchy. in the witch trial days. Exactly. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. So they found a writing in his cell that he was seeing Roxanne wave her hands over him. And he was afraid of her because he thought she was putting a curse on him. So one of Ivan's She's cellmates. She's probably shooing a fly. He's in a tin. He's outside. Yeah, I don't. I don't think she ever put a curse on him. Uh, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so one of his cellmates named Raymond Martinez reported reportedly testified that Ivan claimed himself as Native American heritage. Oh, God. Spoiler, he was white and connected <laughs> the fact to his motivation to kill witches. He said he was on a witch hunt and that Roxanne was a witch. And so that's why he killed her. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... We know the first part is true because Ivan posted in an AIM forum once renouncing his American citizenship. And then he posted on another site saying he had Native American beliefs. I mean, so this is going to sound really stupid. And I'm sure we'll get lots of emails about this. So just save it, y'all. Can you just have Native American beliefs all at once? Can you just like start? Like, is it like Judaism? Can you... If you're Go into it. a white guy, nah. I don't know. Change the religion for, like, marriage or right. whatever. No, well, he didn't change his religion for marriage. And there's really not that much on why he did any of this. 
He they're really bored. he's from yeah he was from West, West Virginia I uh, reportedly originally and do they have like a huge culture in West Virginia I do not know so he was just lost and trying to find something to believe I yeah so I don't even know I don't know his former landlord comes forward and testifies that Ivan once told him that if a Wiccan ever cast a spell on him he would have to kill the witch. Which is very bizarre to tell your landlord. Just saying. Yeah. So, this landlord also said a few months after her disappearance, he found a topical graph map of the Two Peaks area in Ivan's residence, and then an X was written on the spot where her remains were found. What a dummy. Again, this is Scooby-Doo 101. <laughs> you don't make a damn map and X marks the spot of where you To be fair, I looked into this and I wanted to see if they found this and I couldn't find that anywhere. So it's just his word. The landlord saying he saw this. I don't know that they ever actually had it. I couldn't find that. So Ivan's defense called this all nonsense. Said all of this witch hunting stuff was not true. Mm-hmm. The district attorney's hypothesis was that maybe Ivan was in love with Roxanne. Sounds like it. And got into a messy love triangle and that maybe the witchcraft stuff was just a mask. Well, that's reaching. Yeah. That's, yeah. Regardless, on March 18th, 2016, Ivan Kales was found guilty of first degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. Since then, Ivan had written a petition claiming he did not get a fair trial. And back in August of 2018, Ivan appealed his conviction, but the state Supreme Court upheld it. He's currently being held at the Leah County Correctional Facility. Yeah. So I got my information from Taos News, the Santa Fe New Mexican, KRQE News, the Mountain Messenger, and an episode of Murder in the Heartland, and a lady at Starbucks. <laughs> I'm just kidding about the last one. You overheard one. the story at Starbucks. <laughs> and so now you're telling me. Yes, yes, So I yes, appreciate yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. So this it's, is third hand information. Yeah, but uh, the Murder in the Heartland episode's really good. It's on season one, episode five. It's on IDGO if anyone wants to check it out. They show more of this community. It's hard to put into words. Sounds it really terrible. is. No, it's, you almost get a very loving feel when you watch it. That I mean, this Ivan guy, yeah, not good. But it's one of the shows on ID that isn't, cheesy that they have real people what are that you talking no about? i mean there are no shows that are cheesy on Adi. <sighs> what do you mean you mean wives with knobs you don't love that show oh my God. i mean the reenactments where it's actors that i, I want to be on listen i worked with a guy at saint vincent's a long time ago and he was like i'm gonna move to new york and i'm gonna be a comedian i'm gonna be an actor we're like sure Long story short, he's living the dream, and he is, and he has been on a couple episodes of, like, Deadly Women, and, like, I forget the other show. The beginning Where he's done the reenactments, and I'm No shame. I want to be an extra on on one of those. I'm just saying, Murder in the Heartland's a a more of a serious one. It's not cheesy. They bring in people they actually know and talk about their families. It's... Heartfelt in terms of they bring in real people. Not heartfelt as in it's a good lovey-dovey story. It's definitely not. But let's move on. We have a new... Just like moving on. We have a new patron and his name is... Nate. Thank you, Nate, so much for joining our fun, wonderful patron world. Patreon world. We'll get you a t-shirt. 
if you're listening. So for others, if you want to join our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash United States of Murder. Or find the links on social media pages, which is probably easier. All the things. Yeah, you get cool perks like stickers, a shout-out on the show, maybe a shirt, random things. If you choose to donate, you're helping offset our costs, develop new merch, and much, much more. Oh, and you can sponsor a cocktail if you want to. Lacey's drunk now. No. (laughs) (laughs) We usually sip on something. Usually, we're drinking a Diet Coke as well while we record, but you can sponsor them now, and we'll give you an on-air shout-out if you want to help out in another way that's totally free. Tell a friend about our podcast that's into true crime. Don't just tell random friends that don't like this stuff. No, we don't want them. We We want people that like true crime. So, Or if you like us, leave us a review on Apple. We would appreciate those things, and that would really help a you know small indie podcast like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram at United States of Murder, and on Facebook and Twitter at US of M Podcast. And if you want to send us an email, you can email us at United States of Murder at gmail.com. So we're where we Kansas? are in Kansas. What's that the state of? I didn't look that up. Kansas. Um, State, what would you Prairie think? State? No. No. Was that Nebraska? No. no. That was a Cornhusker State. That was a Cornhusker State. I bet Jayhawks, the Kansas Jayhawks. State. Let's see. Sunflower State. Sunflowers? It's I the never Sunflower knew. Sunflower State. Which makes me think of Junior High when I used to wear that perfume. Oh my gosh. Every, well, yeah, Everyone wore Sunflower. I know, I know all about that. Is that what it was called? Yes. Okay. Elizabeth yeah. Arden. Elizabeth Arden, yes. Sunflower State. Yeah. Next week. Sunflower State. You know what I was thinking of when I, I knew, okay. So you know how people are like, oh, is it Arkansas? You know? Arkansas. Does anyone, in, does anyone go to Kansas and say, is it Kansas? I bet not. No one says that. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard come out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but for real. No. You always hear, oh, Arkansas. Like, because I've never heard that before. that way. Like, my dad was from Washington State, and he, he was in Arkansas. I mean, like, a few times, but. <laughs> but, my, but my point is. It no, doesn't make any sense no. that it's Arkansas. Just, let's just put that out there. Do you want me to bring up the history of the Quapaw? The who? <laughs> Gina. No, but no one says Kansas. Oh, Kansas, Kansas. You don't know what we're dealing with here. No, dealing- it's terrible. All right, we'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Bye.